Good evening. What is your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT Podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I am Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary things in their life. We discuss their story and success, and the mindset drive them into achieving the impossible. How's your day so far? Did you have a good day? The only reason why I'm asking is that as an entrepreneur, there are many up and downs, and position yourself in the positive mindset is extremely important. Our guest today has has not had a bad day since he was seventeen. You should hear about the story, Jeff. Thanks for coming to our show. How's your day? Oh, it's good, man. No bad days. Awesome.、Um, let's give、uh, our audience a little background on what you do and what are the highlight of your career. Sure. So.、Um... You know, I was a bankruptcy attorney by trade, so that's what I studied、uh, in law school, and I started out practicing law in 2007. And in 2008, I was diagnosed with leukemia, and、uh, it actually drove me into personal bankruptcy. So I I、uh, ended up in a situation where I was like, I got to figure out something different to do.、Yeah. So I had no credit and、uh, a negative net worth because my student loans were about a hundred thousand dollars. And、um, they hadn't gone away in the bankruptcy, and I just was like, "Well, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to make money in case I die,、uh, so my wife will be okay." And、uh, I did that through real estate investing. So in 2010, I started buying single-family homes, things like that. And then、um, in 2016 or so, we started buying apartment buildings. Awesome. And what is your current、um, portfolio or your current,、uh, you know, the success look like? Yeah, we have about 350 units of apartments and small、um, multifamily. So we have some duplexes and quads and stuff, but mostly 10 to 20 unit buildings.、Um, the biggest one we have is 42 units. We have、um, a couple in that size range, and then we have some commercial space too. So I have an industrial building and a couple of office buildings as well. Awesome. Apparently, you've been gone through a crazy journey,、um, and and、uh, you know the. the The thing that that really make me the most curious is, like like how how did you go from you know, the down or the bottom and really, you know, position yourself in a way that you gradually come up. Yeah, I mean, so it's a lot through mindset, right? And that's why I was happy to come on your show because I like that element a lot.、Um, when I was seventeen, I made this choice, and I do think it is a choice to to give up bad days. Um, recognizing that good and bad stuff happens to everyone every day, I just、uh, choose to focus on the positive stuff that happens. So, like when I got leukemia, obviously that was a negative,、mm-hmm. but there was a lot of positives. My family showed up at the hospital; people loved me.、Um, I had already lived a pretty good life, and I just kind of realized that, like,、um, when you go through these hard things, it's an opportunity to reinvent your life and to figure out,、um, you know, what to, you know, what you want to do going forward. And I was able to do that because I, I went into it with an approach of like it's not my fault that I have leukemia, but it's、exactly. my responsibility to deal with、mm-hmm. the situation that I'm in.、Um, and and that that's you know so to me those things are the critical points, right? Make that choice to give up bad days, and then also take responsibility for everything going on in your life.、Um, the Miracle Morning author Hal Elrod has a great quote about this. He says, "The moment that you can." Uh, the moment that you accept full responsibility for everything in your life is the moment you can change anything in your life. Wow, that is so powerful! Wow. Okay, 
And Jeff, how's how's that um, day look like? I mean, you know, when you're talking about the day you decided to be responsible for everything happening in your life, what was the day look like? Did someone just tell you that and you said, okay, I'm doing it right now and just like switch? You know, it, it, it didn't happen all at once, right? So when I was 17 and I decided to give up bad days, I was having a day where I was very unhappy. I mean, I think, you know, I, I won't say like clinically depressed because I don't think this is a magic trick, right? But I had like teenage angst. I was 17 years old and I broke up with my girlfriend and I was sad and... I remember looking in the mirror in the bathroom and thinking, this is really dumb. Like, this is this is stupid. Like, I'm relatively healthy. I'm young. I um, live in a um, suburban middle class family. Like, how bad can my life really be? Um, and and I'm going to just choose to try to make today good. So I just started saying, like, today's a good day over and over again. Um, it's sort of adopted it as a mantra. Um, and I try to say it, you know, 10 times um, every time I saw a mirror, every time I started my car, like whenever I was by myself, I would try to just stop for a second and say, today's a good day out loud 10 times. And uh, I probably said that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times a day for several months. And then one day I walked into a 7-Eleven, the guy behind the counter said, how's your, you know, how, how are you doing today? Something like that. And I said, I never have bad days. And I went, holy crap, I never have bad days. Like it suddenly dawned on me that I wasn't having bad days. And, um, you know, later, you know, later I heard the hell Elrod quote and all that stuff that was much later. But, but when I really look back at that, that, that decision to, to adopt that internal mantra of, of not having bad days, you know, today's a good day. I never have bad days and sort of live into that. Um, that's really when that started for me. Um, but there isn't like a specific day where I can be like, Oh, it was, it was that day. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, 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 there's a sentence you just said that I want to highlight. You said, how bad can my day really be, right? I mean, if you look at what you currently own, what you currently have, what you're currently living, how bad can it be? You know, this 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 sentence, when when it came out of your mouth, I just feel shocked. Um, really, uh, in, especially for entrepreneurs or people who are, you know, the, uh, you know, it, even if you're a W2 worker or if you're just an entrepreneur who own your business, you know, there's, there's always good and bad. Um, so so you, you, you've been doing that. You've been telling yourself to do that until it, your body, your, your mind recognize it and really become part of you. And how does it reflect onto, you know, the thing that you're doing? Do, do you recognize any? uh material changes yeah i mean so i mean so there's science behind this too right so um the more you use certain neural pathways the easier it becomes for you to use them so like when um i'm faced with trauma now like any kind of dramatic or negative thing that happens my brain automatically defaults to like what's the positive right i interviewed this guy on one of my shows um, his name was Mike Pearson and his son died in a battle in Afghanistan hmm. and he understandably was upset about it. And then after, um, you know, after um, a period of mourning, he decided that in order to fully embrace his life and to really appreciate the sacrifice that his son had made, he had to find three positive things that came from his son's death. And so he tried to, to lean into like, what are three things that can come from this? And he started a charity for veterans and he did some other stuff. But, but what really stuck with me on that was 
like he trained himself to look for positives in the negative. And that's really the big change that I saw too, right? Like I didn't frame it like I'm going to find three positive things, but I just framed it with like, everything happens for a reason. And I might not be able to see the whole picture now, but um, I'm going to choose to believe that whatever's happening is for a greater good. And that if I lean into that, and I continue to like act responsibly, that's where that like radical responsibility for your own situation is, then I'm going to end up in a better spot than I would otherwise. And the future is going to be brighter than it, than it otherwise would have been. And, and just constantly leaning into like, it's, it's getting better. It's keep getting better. It keeps getting better no matter what happens. Um, it's, it's worked really well for me. It's also the type of person that inspires me the most, right? Mm-hmm. When you hear of someone who has suffered some kind of disability or loss or injury. And then yet in spite of that, they go on and do amazing things like the blind man who climbs Everest or the quadriplegic who, you know, figures out a way to get to the top of a mountain. Those people are super inspiring because they're not letting whatever their circumstances are hold them back. And the thing is, we all have circumstances that can hold us back. And so how we respond to them is probably the most important element of it. Does it help you recognize how those negative feelings or negative you know emotions has held us back from not taking the actions or not you know taking the next approach to 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 be successful yeah i mean it does help i mean the the thing with that stuff is like um is that like trying to work on yourself mentally the, the 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 hard work in life is really getting your head in the right place that's the thing that matters right okay. um kiyosaki said you know don't ask yourself if you can afford it ask yourself how you can afford it right exactly. it's that reframe but almost everything in life is a reframe like that so it's like when when i'm trying to figure out like you know what's holding me back like i have to first identify what it is and then i have to figure out how to reframe that and so i feel like that kind of stuff is like a continual work in progress um one of my uh, mentors told me once that integrity is like a mountain with no top which um, is essentially like as you're climbing you see the the peak and you think if i get to that spot i'm going to be at the top of the the mountain. I'm going to be fully in alignment. I'm going to have figured out everything I need to figure out. And when you get to that spot, then you see there's actually another peak, right? And then it's just, you keep, every time you get to the point you think is the top or the point where you think you've learned everything there is to know about your mindset, then you see something else you can work on. And that's actually awesome because that means that this is a lifelong process and we can continue to learn right up until the last minute we're alive. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've never thought about, right, say, if there's a day that, uh, you know, assuming everything is perfect and your mindset is perfectly aligned, what would be your next goal be, right? So, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very thrilled to, 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 to hear you're saying that, you know, it's really mountain with no top. That is, that is gold. Um, so I am pretty sure that a lot of my audience are waiting for me to ask the very questions. When you are broke, when you are, you know, bankrupt, how did you get out? From, yeah. You know, debt and bad debt, especially from Kiyosaki saying, you know, student debt is bad debt, right? How did you get yeah. out from there? Yeah, no, so student debt is bad debt. I mean, I... And I'm still paying on them because the interest rate's so low. I just kind of was like, I'm not going to pay it off. But, awesome. um, and the payment's relatively manageable. But 
but the um the truth is like how you get out of it is you just decide to make that change right so it was 2010 and the credit market had gotten really choppy um but values had gone way down people were running scared um uh, from investing and opportunities were everywhere uh and and i think we're going into a period like that again soon so this is you know instructive um, so we just started buying, right? Like, and, and we didn't have any money. So what I did is I took a corporate job. So I got some uh, sign-on bonus and some other stuff. And I ended up saving up about $20,000. And then I used that um, 15 or 16,000 of that first $20,000 that I'd saved up to um, split a condo with a friend of mine. We bought it for $30,000. We paid cash for it. Um, because we didn't have any credit, didn't have any ability to finance. But it, it was in a really nice neighborhood in Southeast Michigan. And it was a bank owned foreclosure that was probably worth 100,000, you know, a year or two before. Mm -hmm. And um, now it's worth, you know, probably close to 175, 200,000. We still own it, we ended up buying another one in the building for a similar price point. Um, but but really, what we did is we just decided we were going to figure it out. And so after we bought a couple of condos didn't have any money left but we had these paid off condos then we started talking to private money people and saying hey like can can you give us a mortgage against this you know like and we got these six percent interest only mortgages mm -hmm. uh, on the two condos and then use that that money to to buy the next deal and then and we just kept doing that right we did some owner financing type stuff seller carries things like that. And it was just like, I had to figure it out. So we just had to get really creative about it. Right. Um, and this is where mindset really came in, right? Like it was like, we're going to figure out ways to buy stuff. Um, and, and also I didn't have a short horizon, right? I, we reinvested every dollar in real estate. And I said, I'm buying for something that may never occur. The fact that I might, might die and my wife might need this money in the future. I'm buying for, um, I might be able to quit working 10 years from now. Um, I'm not buying to try to get cash flow tomorrow, um, but we bought cash flow all the time. Like we were always like, we need to buy things that cash flow that work. Um, but, but we reinvested all the cash flow and, and the whole goal was just to accumulate more because we knew it was a great opportunity, a great buying mm -hmm. opportunity. And all the stuff that we bought then is worth way more now than it was then. And I wish mm -hmm. we'd never sold any of it, honestly. For sure. For sure. And, and that's, that's basically where the compounding effect come in right if you reinvested every single dollar that you get out of the investment then it keep compounding right yeah and i mean it's even more important now when we're in a high interest and a high inflation rate environment because um if you can invest it above the rate of inflation you're at least not losing money right like if yeah. you've got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank today and you wait a year and it only buys the same thing as ninety thousand dollars does today yeah. it's a real problem haircut. And we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing that happen in real time and, you know, recognizing that, I mean, one thing I have been good at is like getting ahead of these trends, recognizing that two years ago, I started going on social media and telling people borrow as much money as you can. Inflation's yeah. going to go up. It's going to start going up. And uh, I set a goal to borrow $10 million in 2021 mm -hmm. uh, because I knew that I could borrow $10, $10 million at three or 4% interest yeah. and pay it back in the future mm -hmm. at a much cheaper rate. Yeah. And uh, with inflation exceeding that interest rate, it's, it's an incredible wealth building opportunity. Did you get that? Um, and that's still true, by the way, today, like inflation still exceeds the interest that you're paying on borrowing. Yeah. So until they raise interest rates to above the rate of inflation, we're not going to have this fully controlled. Um, and uh, I think that will happen soon. Um, and when that happens, it will force us into a recession. We'll start to see 
um, you know, jobs falling off. We'll start to see home prices falling finally. Um, they haven't really done that much right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happens, there'll be opportunities. And the great part about a recession is like if you can buy stuff or you can create businesses that work in a recession, they're always going to work. Right. Because because when the economy gets stronger after that, the fundamentals get better, Um, that that rising uh, tide raises all ships. Things will apply to those ships that are floating in the bottom of the recessions. Right. So there's going to be huge opportunity for people in the next couple of years. I think we're looking at 18 to 24 months of of pain Mm -hmm. and then a, a really healthy economy after that.